Suffolk Pod Show is produced and managed by podtalk.co.uk. I'm Mark Mason. And I'm Susanna Hornby. Episode 31. Susanna talks to Georgia Watson, founder of Sea Suffolk magazine and Bloom Content Creation. Welcome back to the Suffolk Pod Show and today we have the delightful Georgia Watson with us. Hello Georgia. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Well it's a pleasure to have you. We are excited to hear about everything that you're doing and it's quite a lot. So we <laughs> let's let's talk about that in some depth in a moment and we love the fact that you you basically developed your businesses out of a love for your county which is Suffolk and we yeah. talked to so many people about how wonderful Suffolk is. So I think you're just going to compound that for everybody when you start talking, because what you say is is just wonderful. Um, But before we do that, as always, Georgia, did you grow up in Suffolk? Yes, I did. Mm. I grew up on a farm near to Dunwich and it was, yeah, absolutely lovely. I mean, I think when you're young, you don't kind of, um, you just kind of take where you live for granted, really. But Mm. looking back now, I was so lucky to live in the countryside, you know, go out and make dens on the farm Mm. and yeah, have that real sort of country living. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And did you come from a big family? No, well, not not especially big. We're real sort of farming family. So generations gone back, you know, we've always farmed. And yeah, we, you know, that's kind of been sort of family history, really. But Mm. I mean, as you can see, I haven't gone into that myself. No, not quite. (laughs) But I was going to ask Um, you, when at some point you must have just loved or started to become interested in writing? One of my mum's sort of stories that she always tells about me is as soon as I could stand, I was pulling books out of bookcases. <laughs> that was something that I was always doing. And yeah, I always had an absolute love for books. Mm. And um, yeah, my kind of my my real sort of like inspiration with like writing and getting into um, fashion journalism, which I originally started out in, right. was through my grandma. She absolutely loved clothes and magazines and fashion. Mm-hmm. And she actually was um, invited to go um, and study at Central Central. Martins in London but unfortunately the war broke out so she never actually got around to do it unfortunately but I've actually got her drawings of amazing fashion illustrations up on my wall I can see them now and yeah she whenever I used to go over there from a really young age she'd buy me you know magazines and we'd flip through them together and we'd read them together and then we'd sort of pass them over to each other and yeah so she was a real inspiration to get me into to reading so I became a real bookworm and I think that's often the way that people then get into writing is you know they love books and they love magazines and that's that's where it came from that is just lovely i'd love to see those prints or sketches as well i should definitely like show them off more Mm. one of those things i just sort of keep them all to myself because all because of the fashion then as well was so stunning yeah Yeah, absolutely gorgeous but you know you took it quite seriously you wanted to work in fashion or whatever and so you went to southampton solent university i went to study uh writing fashion and culture which was the most amazing course. It was absolutely fantastic. And we got to learn lots of different parts of fashion journalism. So not only writing for different publications, but we also did things like visual merchandising. We did fashion styling, you know, anything you, you can think of related to that industry we were studying. Mm. We did modules in PR, modules in marketing. And yeah, it was an absolutely fantastic course. And mm. we did a lot about like, the history of fashion as well. Yeah. And part of the course, obviously, we were doing a lot about our journalism. And we actually had to create a niche blog. And this was kind of when blog were starting to get monetized and that mm. kind of thing so it's still a fairly new um, industry and we had to start writing our own niche blog and a lot of the girls obviously doing it about fashion and I thought no I want to be a bit different <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, a lot of people at my university, they had no idea where Suffolk was. They might have heard of it, Switch Town Football Club, but that was about it. Yeah. And I thought, right, I need to really <laughs> tell people about Suffolk, about how great it is. Mm. So I decided to do my project for my final year on Sea Suffolk, which is the blog that came out of that. Mm. Well, obviously, you, you were saying that not many people knew about Suffolk. It's so strange, isn't it? Is it because we're just in East Anglia, do you think, and we're just sort of slightly on the side and we seem to be missed out but we really do have one of the most beautiful counties in the country yeah oh 100 percent. i think i think people very much will travel to say like norfolk or cornwall for their holidays mm. and they just kind of skip through and they just drive straight through us without realizing how gorgeous our coastlines mm. are and even our market towns and really wanted to try and get people to come here as their sort of you know for their holidays and mm. then hopefully you know stay here <laughs> yeah no quite let's talk about that blog for a second so you sat down you said right i'm going to do something called sea suffolk how did it start off? So it was really part of the project. We had to create, I think it was something like four blog posts um, and then like a marketing plan for the blog as well. So mm. it was it was really all started up for that project. So I did that. And then I just was thinking, this is really great. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> <laughs> but who did you have on there? Who did you first oh, write about? That's testing me. Going back uh-huh. now, I, I remember I did one that was about, I think it was about cream teas in Albrecht and I absolutely love the Crag Sisters tea room mm-hmm. me and my friends used to go there in between our pub shifts and we used to always have cream tea um, <laughs> like you so, do yeah I think like you do <laughs> um, so yeah I think one of the first ones was that and then I also did how to have a day out in Framlingham I think mm. um, and talked about different individual businesses then mm-hmm. I think I interviewed some another business mm-hmm. yeah oh it's, it's going back a while now no I know I know but I had years. to ask <laughs> to us because it must have been because it's the very the very foundations of what you do now it was terribly important you got it right and you obviously did yeah yeah it was it was a really good basis for it definitely Mm, mm. so you got your degree and you stepped out into the big wide world and where did you start working Yeah, so while I was at uni, I did a lot of internships, and they are really that's what is really great about Solent. They really encourage you to do a lot of internships, mm. and they had a really great rate of that's the way that people got into the industry because mm. they encouraged them to do that, and then you'd obviously you'd get your job after that. So I did a lot of internships. I did like gossip magazines, I did celeb, you know, sort of celebrity magazines, mm-hmm. um, fashion, and then I also did um, interiors, mm-hmm. and none of them kind they they were great, but none of them really. I don't know. None of them lit my fire, if you know what I mean. Mm. It was, they were good, but you know, you were stuck in the the fashion closet or you know, <laughs> yeah. running around doing making tea and that kind of stuff. So I thought, right, I'll I'll try and do a couple of internships closer to home. So I did an internship at a, a local magazine, mm. and I actually got to to write an article, and I mm. thought this is brilliant. I get a byline. I'm in a magazine, <laughs> and yeah, that kind of then sort of tapped into what I was doing with Sea Suffolk, and I thought, right, this is all sort of slotting into place. Um, you know, I think my purpose is to go into regional journalism. So I was really lucky the place that I interned in, as soon as I came out of university, they gave me a job as a PR and editorial assistant. And yeah, I went to work for them. So I was writing for their different publications. They did a couple of different local ones. One mm-hmm. was more business focused and one was more uh, consumer focused. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then I also worked for their marketing clients. So social media management, uh, mm-hmm. press releases and all of that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so it was a really great starting point for me there. Mm-hmm. Sounds it. Sounds wonderful. And that was one of the, was that one of the sort of larger, was it a newspaper group or a magazine group? 
No, it was a creative design agency. Oh, okay. um, that was yeah, that was where I started out, and then um, after that, I moved to another smaller publication to work as an editor of their magazine. Yeah, and then I went into a larger group um, organization. Yeah. yeah, but you mentioned it there. You became an editor at a really young age. I got my first editorship at twenty-five. Mm. So yeah, I was I was really young. I'm not surprised talking to you now. I'm not surprised one bit. <laughs> but that must have been quite something. It was. It was an absolutely amazing achievement, and I'm I'm still today. I'm still like, how how did I manage to do that? But it was it was pure work ethic, and it's something that I mm. say to people if they're going into the journalism industry or marketing, or to be honest, I think any industry. If you work really hard. You show up, you stay late, um, you will reap the rewards of that. And um, that's, that's that's how I did it. Yeah, oh, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> You're very motivational. It's very nice to talk to you, actually. Thank you. At some point, whilst you were editing or being the editor, I should say, you then decided that actually this all fits into what I want to do and I'm going to do it on my own. Yeah. So while I was, um, you know, working my way up, I was also continuing to run Suffer in my evenings and weekends. And yeah, it was always something in the back of my mind. I thought this was, this is what I want to do. You know, I really want to take this places, but it was kind of needing the right time and situation. And there was a point um, in 2018 where over the summer, my blog had just kind of quadrupled in views and my social media was starting to take off and people were coming to me and kind of asking me to be on the blog and, you know, if I could help them with their marketing. So yeah, I sort of took the jump and left my job and here I am. <laughs> did it. That's, it's quite a big step. You were, I mean, reasonably young, but then I always say that's the time to do it. Go for it. Go for it and don't look back. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought it was exactly it. And I thought I'd got to the point where if I waited much longer, I probably would have had too many other commitments that would mm. have stopped me from doing it. Mm-hmm. So I thought if I don't do it now, you know, I might never do it really. Mm. So that's uh, what I went for. And you have now. So you ran Sea Suffolk as a blog and you've obviously, you've been writing content for clients through your PR agency, which I want to talk to you a bit more about in a minute. But you decided during the pandemic that this was the perfect time to launch a magazine. Yes. (laughs) Um, I know. And looking back now, I'm like, oh, I was what was I thinking but no I think um <laughs> I think because I had obviously with my marketing agency as well with Bloom mm. um a lot of my clients you know had to pause a bit of their marketing understandably because they weren't open or they didn't have the funds coming in so I did have some extra sort of time and space really to think right what am I going to do with that extra time mm. and I'd always imagined that the blog would eventually become a magazine mm-hmm. so I thought right now again now it seems to be the right time and I'm going to go for it and obviously, when I decided that last summer, things looked like they were going to get better. And I thought, oh, you know, this is probably now the time as things are getting better. But obviously, we weren't to know that we'd go back into a big lockdown. No. But yeah, I thought, right, well, let's just do it and uh, set it up on a crowdfunding basis, which I'd seen a few magazines do successfully. And then, yeah, kind of launched from there yeah. with the amazing backing of all my amazing followers on Instagram, really. <laughs> Is that how you did I mean, did you do it through an official crowdfunding company or did you do it yourself? I did it through um, Kickstarter. Right. Uh, which were brilliant. It was kind of an all or nothing thing, which was, again, I mean, I needed to do all or nothing because print costs are so expensive. So mm. it was a real a real gamble, really. But yeah, Kickstarter are, are great for that. And how long did it take for you to raise the funds that you needed? I think I had the Kickstarter up for two months, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was around two months. Um, and it was, it, it sort of is like with any of those things, it starts off really well, then you have a bit of a lull and then it's a big rush at the end. So mm. it was a little bit nerve wracking, mm. but it was brilliant. No, great. good for you. And of, I mean, obviously you're marketing anyway, so you, I'm sure you talked about it all the time through all your accounts and, and oh, prompted yeah. <laughs> people in the nicest possible way. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure I bored people to tears. <laughs> like I'm still crowdfunding. <laughs> I think that's brilliant, though, because people actually, the people who did get involved and invested do actually feel a little bit of a part of it. Yeah, I think that's the, the lovely thing about Sea Suffolk as well, because people mm. who are from Suffolk or have moved from Suffolk are so passionate about it. Mm. And they are really supportive of local businesses. And I think when they see what I'm doing, um, they really get on board with it. And they're so brilliant at mm. also supporting it. Mm. You mentioned there how brilliant Suffolk is. I don't think we're not going to test you. I'm going to ask you at the end <laughs> of your most favourite things or places to go in Suffolk. So just bear that, okay. hold that in the mind, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talk about the magazine because it's beautiful. Thank you so much. Mm. Um, yeah, it was really important to me to make it real luxury coffee table publication. I mean, people have said that it's more of a book than a magazine, which mm. is <laughs> quite true. But yeah, it, it's sort of luxury and it's uncoated. It's not a glossy magazine. It's kind of, it, it just feels lovely to the mm. touch, which was again, really important to me. Mm. Um, it's slightly kind of wider than A4, mm. but um, yeah, it, I absolutely love it. And it, it has so much content about the seasons so that's again something that I wanted to kind of do so it's different from like monthly publications mm -hmm. it follows um, the season in Suffolk so we're now doing the summer one mm -hmm. so that will have loads of lovely places to go and it will have sort of seasonal aspects it'll have talk about nature and things like that mm -hmm. and even we're doing a lovely uh, segment with forage and folklore about how you can go out and forage for your own food during the summer months it just kind of covers everything that you lovely. want to know we've got a section for creativity we've got a section for food, fashion, which obviously is very important to me, and interiors as well. It doesn't surprise me it's so beautiful, designed well and looks so good, because that, if you think about it, that's where your roots come from. You started off in fashion, and although this isn't something you'd wear, it's certainly something you'd put as an interior product or a piece, an additional piece in, yeah. in, you know, in your sitting room or, or somewhere else. Everything that I do, I like to have it as a certain look or feel to yeah. it. Yeah, that's really important to me. Content we talked about, you brushed over there, but content is critical to the success of this magazine. And you've got a beautiful balance of, well, like you've just said, you talk about seasons, you talk about places to go and whatever, but you pitch it at, at the right level. It's very readable for the sort of people who would really like to read it. Yeah, that was something when I was kind of coming up with the concept of it. I've worked for a lot of, sort of free publications in the past, which mm. are great, but I very much wanted to make this different. It's rather than having sort of advertorial pieces, it's more about the creativity and getting back to choosing what you write about because you're really interested in the, mm. the person or the business. Mm. That was sort of the, why I went down that kind of model of, of being a, a paid for publication. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, again, I didn't want to have a certain demographic. I didn't want it to be like, oh, you know, it's a you have to earn this amount of money or you have to have a house that's this value mm. before you can receive it or anything like that. I really wanted to focus on the values of the reader and mm. to that be the focus of who it's going to be aimed at. So it could be anybody, but, um, you know, people that are very interested in shopping local, people who are interested in keeping, you know, Suffolk being a, a beautiful, wonderful county and, mm. and a bit of sustainability as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, people are really interested in the environment. That was another key factor um, to, to why I was doing it. Yeah. And if I, I'm a business, how do I get involved? What do I do if I want to be included? Yeah, if you want to be um, involved, just drop me an email so it's cstuffolk at hotmail.com or just mm -hmm. chat to me on Instagram. I pretty much live on Instagram, as you guys know. <laughs> so, yeah, just have a chat with me through there, really. Yeah, no, you are a great Instagrammer. This morning, pink hair, excellent work. 
<laughs> why not it's lockdown let's dye my hair pink <laughs> yeah it suits you as you said I think it really suits you so anybody interested in that get in touch with Georgia whether it's an interesting article or indeed you'd like to advertise go forth well let's move on to bloom content creation I mean we just call it bloom don't we yeah I just mm. generally call it bloom yeah mm. tell us about that <laughs> so again that kind of started up around the same time as when I um, left my full-time job to focus on C Suffolk people were kind of saying to me oh you've got a really good social media presence and you've obviously got the blog could you help me do that for my own business mm. so yeah I was having companies sort of ask me to write for their websites and um, do social media management so that's where bloom came from mm. and yeah we kind of offer any kind of copywriting services really and we also do um a lot of marketing training as well especially with lockdown people obviously had the time on their hands to do it themselves Mm -hmm. so yes we've been training people to do instagram and do facebook and learn how to blog Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of thing Mm. you do websites as well we don't build websites but i do do the copywriting for websites right i kind of work with other web designers and work with photographers and videographers and things so Mm -hmm. it becomes quite a nice collaboration between other businesses and what sort of clients do you work with my favorite type of business to work with is small businesses and small creative businesses. Mm. So yeah, I really love working with, you know, all types of different types of businesses, but creative ones are, are my main my main kind of aim as it were. Anyone who follows you will understand how well you are just you seem to be at peace at one with social media. So off <laughs> you go everybody. <laughs> go and talk to George about it. Um we um said earlier about some of these amazing places in Suffolk. I want yeah. you to pick one. Oh, I think picking one is just too tricky for me. <laughs> <laughs> just too tricky. Um, but I can I give you could give you three really quickly. Go on then. Um, so I love Orford Ness. I'm a real like history nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the history of Orford Ness and also the castle as well. But the Ness in particular, it's got such like a, I don't know, it's just got such a mysterious history as well. We still don't know everything that went on there. Right. Um, so, yeah, when I can get over there again, because I think the ferries aren't running just yet, um, I'm looking forward to going back there and looking around again. Hang on a minute. What 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 do we know about the Ness? I'm now intrigued. So it's been used um, for different types of things for in World War One and Two, and then also the Cold War. So, yeah, it was being used for to, I don't know how to describe it, but it was basically used to kind of test different types of bombs and arms and all that really? kind of stuff. Really? So yeah, so <laughs> when you go onto the nest, you can't. You have to stick to the past because there's still maybe some unexploded mines and bombs out there. Oh my goodness! Um, okay. Yeah, and it's <laughs> absolutely fascinating. I love it. So yeah, and there, I think there's still some things about the Cold War that we don't quite know what exactly went on there. So that's quite fascinating to me. Mm, very. Go on. Tell us your second. Oh yeah, the other one. <laughs> so the other one. Um, the other places I really love, I really actually love Sizewell and I'm very, um, I don't get too political on here, but I'm very keen that they don't build another nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I absolutely love Sizewell. If you go down there, there's such a wildness and it's just quite, it's almost quite eerie, but it's gorgeous. I definitely tell people if you haven't actually been down to that beach yet, just to go down there and walk along there and you can walk all the way along the cliffs up to Thorpe Ness and then ah. hopefully when the pubs are open, you can yeah. have a drink at the pub. And Very nice idea. Is it a pebble beach? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's lovely down there. Um, and then my third one is probably Barry St. Edmunds for shopping. Hooray! Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love Barry St. Edmunds. It's got so many great independent shops and cafes. Um, so a day out there I mm. think is a must. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot going on there. And um, the quality of the shops, the restaurants, the cafes, the entertainment. It's just extraordinary, isn't it, really? When you think Barry St Edmunds, but only 15 years ago, was not like that at all. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. My um, my auntie um, lives up there now and it's changed so much since we used to go up and visit her mm. when she first was, was living there. Mm. And it's it's got so many great places. You've obviously got like the Ark Shopping Centre with the Apex in there. Mm. But then you've obviously got the Abbey side of things where everything's, um, you know, got all the history again down there yeah. and all the independent shops as well. Mm. Um, just brilliant. And St John Street is great for independent shops as That's well. That's brilliant. It, it just reminds me of a mini Covent Garden at times. But um, no. yeah, yeah, like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Especially when you've got market day as well. You've got real atmosphere there, mm. which is great. Now, how do we get in touch with you? All of those. What's your yeah. website? Website for C Suffolk is csuffolk.com. Uh, so mm-hmm. really easy. Bloom is bloomcontentcreation.co.uk. Mm-hmm. And then on Instagram, C Suffolk and on uh, for Bloom, it's Bloom Content Creation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nice and easy. Okay. And finally, how do we get hold? Are there any left? Any C Suffolks left? Yes, we've got some of the winter ones left, which okay. is great. We've got them uh, available on our website, so csuffolk.com. You can buy them straight off the website. You can either have them as a digital or print publication. It's up to you how you prefer to read them. And then, yeah, I'm hoping once the shops are back open, they will be able to have our summer magazine again. When are you planning to publish? Um, hopefully, first week of June. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Let's hope for that. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Thank you for spending some time with us, Georgia, and good luck with that next edition. We cannot wait to see it. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to getting it out there. (laughs) Okay, we'll let you go because you're a busy woman. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, if you'd like to say thank you to anybody, you're more than welcome to. Oh, yeah. I'd love to say a huge thank you to everybody that donated to the crowdfunder last year. I honestly could not have done it without you guys. So thank you so much. And especially to the VIP advertisers that stuck with me throughout so thank you so much to all you guys and thank you for having me Susanna on your podcast that's a pleasure okay see you soon and take care thanks so much bye bye thanks for listening to the Suffolk Pod Show find us on Facebook Twitter or Instagram or you can visit our website podtalk.co.uk and here's our disclaimer the Suffolk Pod Show will not be held responsible for any omissions or errors in its podcast the Suffolk Pod Show is produced purely for entertainment purposes views and opinions are that of our own or that of our guests (laughs) 